Hi there, it's Angela from the Wildfire team. We're taking a break for the winter holidays and using the opportunity to re-release an episode of The Burn from our archives. Today, we're gonna to hear April and Anne Ferrier-Crook in the episode Surviving to Thriving After Breast Cancer from April of 2023. In this episode, Anne and April discuss what thriving looks like to Anne and how it isn't caught up in medicine alone. Our minds can be our ally too. The idea of not only accepting a cancer diagnosis, but even being grateful for it, is one I'm exploring right now, five years after an initial diagnosis. I've always thought I'm pretty positive and even goofy when it comes to challenging things throughout my treatment, but I'm just now learning that there's so much more to thriving with breast cancer. It's so easy to get caught up in the language of battling and fighting cancer. And I'm learning that when I step away from the warrior identity and simply love my body and even the cancer itself, I have more peace and hopefully healing. This episode is a great reminder to me to look for what cancer is teaching me rather than treating it as my enemy. I hope you enjoy this re-release and take some new nuggets of wisdom with you on the other side. Happy holidays. In nature, a wildfire is one of the most devastating natural forces. It burns hot and fast and leaves little behind but ash and char. Or so it seems. Very soon after the fire passes through the forest, life returns. Shrubs and weeds that clog the forest floor have burned away, leaving space for new trees, grasses, and flowers to emerge and flourish. Habitats are created, bringing new insects, birds, reptiles, and mammals. A cancer diagnosis can feel like a wildfire, our bodies becoming this new, fire-clarified landscape. For some, cancer changes utterly everything. For others, cancer brings greater clarity and purpose. And some of us are still searching for what life after a cancer diagnosis will look like. Welcome to The Burn. We are exploring stories of life and transformation following a breast cancer diagnosis. I'm April Stearns, the founder and editor of Wildfire Magazine and the host of this podcast. Today, we're going to hear a piece about the influence of one woman's mind on her body following two cancer diagnoses. As you'll soon hear, today's guest begins her story in a place that I've come to recognize as one of the hard truths in breast cancer. Here it is. A lot of people have shared with me and the wildfire readers that their cancer diagnosis arrived at a time when they felt really good in their bodies. Maybe they had made a decision to become sober, or they had a workout routine that was finally working, or maybe even eating right had finally clicked. I was one of those people myself. For me, it wasn't food or exercise that had finally clicked. It was the birth of my daughter that had come not long before my diagnosis. Going through pregnancy, childbirth, and then breastfeeding had given me a new appreciation for my body. For the first time in my life, I felt like my body and I were on the same team, and my body made sense to me. I knew what my curves were for. I felt strong. I felt healthy. At all of my doctor's appointments following my diagnosis, I heard a lot of, wow, you're really healthy. Yeah. Well, except for the cancer, of course. It was a puzzle. If I was so healthy, where and how had cancer taken root? How had this part of me grown so abundant and wild? When cancer is diagnosed, we seem to immediately blame ourselves. 
And this is reinforced by people asking us questions that seem to be loosely veiled attempts to sleuth out what we did wrong so that they cannot do that. Mainstream media is full of stories about what to eat and what to stop eating to avoid cancer, making it seem like cancer is 100% in our control. My guest today found herself facing the same question of how could this happen upon her diagnosis. Like me and so many others, cancer for her also arrived at a time when she felt really good. And not only that, she felt in charge of her health. My guest today is Ann Ferrier-Crook. For 22 years, Ann has worked in many facets of healthcare, doing what she calls, quote, holding space for life's sacred thresholds. She's passionate about supporting others to health and transform their body, mind, spirit through an integrative approach as they can shift from surviving to fully thriving. Anne's a certified integrative health coach. She's trained in holding space, in acting as a medical interpreter, and in supporting women in labor as a certified birth doula. She's also a consultant with the Institute for the Study of Birth, Breath, and Death. There, she supports people who are navigating grief, loss, and significant life changes. And she is one of four co-founders of the Breast Connection, Prevention Plus Healing Community. And when she is not doing all of that, Anne is a huge lover of the outdoors. She's currently living in Nashville, Tennessee, where she loves going on waterfall hikes in the beautiful Smoky Mountains. Anne was diagnosed at 48 with stage one hormone positive breast cancer. And a few years later, cancer came again in the form of stage 1b melanoma. Hey, Anne, welcome to The Burn. Hi, April. It's a joy to be here with you. Thank you so much. So you are here to read a piece you wrote for Wildfire called Surviving to Thriving After Breast Cancer. We published this in the Identity and Aftermath issue. And after you read, for those of you listening, stay tuned to the end for a writing prompt inspired by today's episode. All right, Anne, I'll let you take it away. Thank you, April. It's an honor to be here. So here is my story, Surviving to Thriving After Breast Cancer. It was a Friday afternoon in April of 2018, the same month of my birthday. My phone rang as I was getting ready to attend my best friend's big annual event. As I saw the caller ID appear on the screen, I knew it was my doctor and I had to take the call. Right after sitting myself down and taking a deep breath, I answered. She confirmed the results of my biopsy that every patient dreads hearing. It was cancer. My heart sank and I was completely numb. All I could do was sit there on my patio in complete shock. Suddenly I started to cry. I felt the floor had just gotten ripped out from underneath me. What, I have breast cancer? How can that be? I'm a certified health coach and my lifestyle revolves around health and wellness. I take good care of myself. My world was completely changed in a heartbeat. I found myself having a difficult time saying the C word. I simply did not identify with it, nor did I want to take on the identity of being a cancer patient. When I asked my doctor if I should still attend my friend's event, she encouraged me to go. So I decided to go out that evening and do my best to enjoy socializing. I was still in shock, however, and kept telling myself that my life was not going to be taken over by breast cancer. That resilient mindset served me well on my healing journey throughout the lumpectomy and radiation treatments, including life post-cancer. Through incorporating a variety of healing protocols into my routine 
and living from a growth-oriented mindset, I have been able to shift from merely surviving cancer to fully thriving. The hardest part of this journey came several days right before my surgery. My doctor called to let me know that there was concern about my MRI results. It showed suspicious findings in my right breast, in addition to the tumor that had already been confirmed in my left breast. I felt so sick to my stomach. It felt totally surreal to be having this conversation, and it was the first time I had ever faced my own mortality. What if the cancer was metastatic? Everything was spinning in my mind, and I became completely overwhelmed by fear. All I could do was reach for the arms of my loved ones that evening to find a sense of comfort as I was sobbing and feeling so distraught. That familiar hug was providing me reassurance that all was well, even if the uncertainty was glaringly real. My boyfriend of three years had just moved out of our house that we had shared together and taken a job in San Francisco too, literally three weeks before my breast cancer diagnosis. I knew he had no idea what was coming down the pipe a month after his departure. However, that was just another blow in the whole scheme of events. The good news is that the tumor was only in my left breast and it was not metastatic. So fortunately, I was able to move forward with surgery and begin treatment. The results from the lumpectomy showed it was stage one and no lymph nodes were involved. Praise be to God. Looking back on that moment, and having experienced two cancer journeys now, I realize what has gotten me to where I am today. It's the power of a healing mindset. Four and a half years post my breast cancer diagnosis, I am happy to say that I am not only a breast cancer survivor, but a true cancer thriver. Since applying the principles of a healing mindset, I recently found myself in another deer in the headlights moment in June of 2022. This time, however, I was facing an invasive melanoma underneath my left breast where I had a suspicious mole removed. Rather than being consumed by fear and overwhelm, which I'd faced during my breast cancer diagnosis, I stayed calm. I remained in my happy place and I trusted that a higher power really has my back. It was a rubber meets the road moment where now I had an opportunity to apply firsthand what I had learned from breast cancer back in 2018. After an excruciating two-hour wait on Zoom to get my pathology report, my surgeon shared that the melanoma was a stage 1B and not a stage 3 if lymph nodes had been involved. I burst into tears from gratitude, and this time around, I heard the message loud and clear. A higher power truly has my back and comes front and center in my life. So what are the changes I made to create a healing mindset and help me shift from surviving to fully thriving after two cancer scares? For one, I have taken charge of my health and become proactive about the blind spots in my lifestyle. For example, rebalancing my gut and learning about detoxification, which includes reducing toxins in my environment that mimic hormones like estrogen. The most profound part of my healing journey, however, has to do with healing my emotional wounds. I believe that emotional trauma is the number one toxin in our environment, and we all have some form of trauma. Many of us carry traumatic emotions in our body for years and don't realize the enormous impact it has on our health. In my own case, 
I knew that my symptoms were a message that something was out of balance and needed my love and attention. As I became curious about my breast cancer diagnosis and began to ask what the gift was in this life-changing event, I began to hear my intuition. It was no coincidence that the lump was on the left side, right below my heart. I knew it was about the emotional wound I had carried inside for years around my mom. The pain, grief, and buried anger was knocking on my door and speaking to me loud and clear. It was time to forgive the past and let it go. As I connected with this insight, I realized that I had an amazing opportunity to give this pain to a higher power so I could heal my relationship with my mom on a much deeper level. I realized that my transformation was not only happening with my mom, but also with my inner child and higher power. I started to see that adverse life events are not simply happening to us, yet they are happening through us and for us. So how did I reframe the events from my past and create a new relationship from within so I could anchor into this healing mindset that would ultimately propel me forward? First, I learned to identify my self-limiting thoughts and beliefs that were running the show. For example, if I was feeling overwhelmed, I would stop and take a deep breath. I would ask myself what the deeper truth was and reframe the overwhelm I was experiencing, breaking it down to one task at a time, taking a deep breath and tackling things moment by moment. Second, after identifying which limiting thoughts and beliefs were running the show, I started to interrupt those beliefs with positive affirmations and greater self-love. For example, if I was feeling alone or afraid, I noticed where those emotions were located in my body, which was usually in my solar plexus. Instead of judging that emotion, I observed it from a space of curiosity and compassionate presence. In the same way, I would bring compassionate presence to my partner or best friend. Then I started to breathe deeply into that part of my body, placing one hand on my heart and the other on my solar plexus while saying, I see that you're feeling afraid and overwhelmed, sweetheart. I am here listening. I care, and I've got you. Rather than turning away from those difficult emotions, I learned how to turn towards them and breathe deeply into that part of me with love and compassion. In that light, I was learning how to truly hold space for a younger, traumatized part of me, a younger self that did not have the skills or tools to access this higher, wiser, loving self while going through post-traumatic stress. However, now I have these skills and tools. I'm empowered to access a deeper truth. Holding these emotions tenderly and building a sense of inner safety and trust, I found myself saying, life has my back. I am deeply loved and supported. I see you, sweetheart. I am here listening and I care about your well-being. I trust the right people will show up to support me. And the final step I took was to create an inspired vision that pulled me forward towards vibrant health. In doing so, I realized that healing is not linear. This mindset allowed me to start trusting my body's innate ability to heal, as I noticed how the right people and situations started showing up in my life. I began embracing my healing journey with curiosity for what it was here to teach me 
and anchored my inspired vision into everything that brought me love and joy. I realized that healing is a journey, not a destination, and that reigniting the spirit and nourishing the soul was essential in the healing process. Once I anchored into this place, my imagination began forming a clear vision of what it felt like to become an even better version of myself post-cancer, moving beyond simply surviving to fully thriving. This connection between my adult self, inner child, and higher power is what has been growing and flourishing inside of me. It has helped me to create a deeper commitment to my life purpose and how I am moving forward on all levels. I now have the opportunity to hold space for my clients as they find the courage to turn towards their own difficult emotions and create deeper meaning making. What an honor and privilege to support others on their healing journey from breast cancer. I believe that how we face adversity holds the seeds to our greatness and we all have greatness within us. I would like to close by sharing a beautiful moment with my mom. Upon going through the 12 steps of adult children of alcoholic and dysfunctional families, ACA as they call it, recovery, I completed an amends process with her. I was so nervous. However, I trusted the process. And as I began to speak from my heart, tears began pouring out as I sat with mom that afternoon and she listened. She gave me the gift of her presence. It felt so cleansing for my soul to speak from my deeper truth. I told mom how much I have always loved her and realized it was not just about forgiving the past. It was also about opening my heart to a brighter future. I now know that I have the power to source my own safety, love, and security right from within. As I deepen my connection to this wellspring of love and forgiveness, my life expands into new possibilities. That same afternoon, mom thanked me for my kind words after a rainstorm had passed. When I looked up, there was a beautiful rainbow. I got in my car and I began driving home and suddenly noticed a double rainbow. Unbelievable. I knew that God was shining love down on me that afternoon. Despite years of struggling to let go and trust that God has my back, I felt it so powerfully that afternoon. I also felt it powerfully after melanoma and after my second time around with cancer. As I continue to deepen my trust in life, I know that creating a healing mindset is what has gotten me to where I am today, thriving again. It not only helped me to cope with the diagnosis, it has also led to countless blessings through the beautiful friendships I have made with other cancer thrivers and now having the opportunity to pay it forward through sharing hope and healing wisdom with others. Know that you are not alone on your cancer journey. We heal as a community. And remember that you have the power right inside to create a healing mindset, to become not only a breast cancer survivor, but a true cancer thriver. Mm, that was so powerful, Anne. Thank you so much for that. I loved hearing you read your story today. Thank you, April. You're so welcome. Let's take a quick moment here. We'll take a little break for a testimonial. And when we come back, we'll dig into your story. Hi, friends. There is now a wildfire book in the world. It is a big, beautiful compilation of my favorite essays from Wildfire Magazine, spanning all the way back to our first ever issue in 2016, up to the summer of 2022. 
This book took years to create and is literally the resource I wish I had had when I was diagnosed with breast cancer. This book is called Igniting the Fire Within, and it's made up of 50 essays that really dig into the experience of having breast cancer in our 20s, 30s, and 40s. Every stage of breast cancer is represented from DCIS to stage four, from all sorts of walks of life from all around the world. Our writers go deep and get vulnerable to heal their own experiences and to let others like you know that you're not alone. You will find yourself within these pages. Get Igniting the Fire Within, stories of healing, hope, and humor inside today's young breast cancer community on Amazon in paperback and for Kindle now. Curl up with it today. Hello, my name is Audrey Ingamon, and I was diagnosed with breast cancer during COVID at 37 years old. April's writing workshop has been better than therapy or any other support group I have gone to. Everyone shares themselves and you really feel a sense of community and healing. Sometimes people's writing makes me laugh and other times it makes me cry. I am so thankful I found this outlet as I love to write. I was even published in the magazine and was thrilled to call myself a published writer. I am forever changed because of these writing workshops and the magazine. During the height of the global pandemic, Rory Zura not only had been let go of her job, but became diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer as well. With a long line of people in her family with various cancers, especially breast, Rory knew this day would inevitably come. Years prior, Rory pleaded with her doctor for a preventative mastectomy, only to be denied for not meeting the criteria set forth by her insurance company. Channeling her lifelong athleticism, Rory knew she'd have to be at her strongest to take on this fight for her life. Utilizing fitness over the course of her treatment and beyond, Rory founded Foobs and Fitness, bridging the gap between the medical world and the fitness world. Learn more about the community for those who are fake, fit, and fabulous at foobsandfitness.com. All right. Thank you so much for that lovely testimonial, Audrey. And thank you for helping making our podcast possible, Rory, and Foobs and Fitness. Thank you for that. All right. Turning back to you, Anne, thank you again for your powerful story and for the, I, I almost want to say performance of reading it, and I don't mean performance, but you know what I mean. Thank you for reading it aloud and letting us hear it in your own inflection, your own, I don't know, just it's more than voice, right? It's mm -hmm. it's the heart of you that comes out when you read something aloud. Mm -hmm. so thank you. Absolutely. So let's dig in. Um, one of the things that really resonated with me this time as I was listening to your story, and this is my first time hearing you read your story, and it's so different than all the times that I've read it through the production of it for the magazine. But hearing you read it this time, one of the things that really leapt out at me is the kindness with which you talk to yourself and calling yourself sweetheart. And I just really love that so much. And so I wanted to kind of start there. And I want, I'm curious if you've been speaking to yourself in this way throughout your life, or if this was a shift for you in, in dealing with a cancer diagnosis. Oh, I love that question, April. So, um, Sweetheart is a name that I give to my younger self, my inner child. And when she feels afraid and I'm really turning towards her and holding space, 
I like to say sweetheart because it just brings like a loving energy to that part of me that lives in my body. And I had done some inner child healing work before breast cancer. And I was aware that we all have an inner child that lives in our body. Um, however, I think it was during and after breast cancer that it became really clear to me that this part of me needs to be front and center right now. And I really need to start resourcing and connecting with this part of me on a regular basis. So definitely breast cancer like brought it even closer to my awareness. Mm, I love that. And I don't think that on this podcast, we've talked about inner child before. We've definitely talked about alter ego, but there's like a different energy around that. Like alter ego feels more, um, Sasha fierce, you know, <laughs> and out kind of out front and a little of the fake it till you make it. Whereas like talking with kindness and compassion and soothing energy to heal an inner child, it's, it's just a very different energy around that. And I really love that you, you're doing that work. Mm, thank you. Yes. It's been really uh, game changing actually. Mm, I love that. Well, I know that this is part of your work around a growth, uh, maybe slash healing mindset. So I want to dig into that. Can you tell us, um, I know you just, you know, shared it in your story, but I'm wondering if you could boil it down to one or two sentences, what a growth mindset definition would be for you personally? So for me, a growth mindset which also is sort of like a healing mindset, which puts the body into a healing state, right? And so when something comes upon our path, it's difficult, like a breast cancer diagnosis, instead of being paralyzed by the fear and the overwhelm, what has really helped me move forward is to say, wow, like how could this be an amazing opportunity for me to clean up my blind spots, look at what needs to be addressed and see this as a message that becomes empowering so it actually propels me forward and I become a better version of myself on the other side. Um, and I really like to go through my life with an attitude of resilience. Um, I think part of that comes from being a competitive athlete growing up and playing sports and really was out there, you know, with that resilience. And But I started to develop a different type of resilience and growth after cancer where instead of like conquering mountains and saying, I can do it and having that pushing energy, sometimes that resilience and that growth comes from having the courage to surrender and let go and allow the body to do what it needs to do to heal. So it's sort of like a quiet courage versus a courage that roars. But mm -hmm. to me, finding that courage within myself is what's really allowed me to grow and evolve and thrive. Mm. I love everything that you just said. And it's so interesting the, you know, kind of having an athlete's mindset versus this more quiet courage that you're describing. And I wonder if because you have this background, um, you know, in resilience and, you know, as an athlete, did you come to cancer? And I'm asking this because I came to cancer this way, but did you come to it with a little bit of a type A personality of like, I'm going to be maybe the best cancer patient that my doctor has ever experienced before? Like, do you, did you find that you were kind of, I don't, it, it's a competition kind of mindset. Like, did you come to it that way and then have to move into this more quiet courage acceptance place? So I'm not sure if I actually came thinking, oh, I have to be the best cancer patient ever. But of course I was already an integrative health coach at the time. So I thought, 
wow, okay. <laughs> so very humbling when you're already out working with clients about health and wellness and, you know, really was proud of the lifestyle I was living, which is all about health and wellness, but we all have blind spots, right? And so for me, I think rather than coming with competitive attitude, it was more coming with a humbled attitude of like, wow, even mm. me, an integrative health coach can get breast cancer. And how can I humble myself and see this as an opportunity to grow and change what needs to be changed? Yes, absolutely. So you don't have to answer this, but I'm just seeing uh, an opportunity here maybe to talk a little bit about imposter syndrome. And I'm wondering if that for a little while kind of reared its head in terms of, you know, I'm already doing this work in wellness and, you know, you started your essay with this, but like, how could this cancer diagnosis have come um, and kind of highlighted this, this, um, maybe what you perceived as a weakness at the time until you took it on as an opportunity. Did you have to grapple with that at all? Or were you able to just fold it into, you know, who you are in the world? I never really struggled with imposter syndrome. I think I just realized that like, you know, we all have blind spots and sometimes we're doing everything yes. we think is possible, but we still get cancer, you know? And so even though my lifestyle looked very healthy and I am very healthy and I'm very active and fit, um, you know, I, I just realized, I just humbled myself and said, okay, here's a blind spot and here's an opportunity. So I think it did a pretty good job of just like shifting into that. I think that's great. And I really hope that everyone listening to this is really hearing that it's not their fault, you know, that cancer comes along because we do tend to kind of start there or there's this worry, especially I think when it becomes metastatic, you know, it goes from, from maybe being early stage, going into a period of no evidence of disease and then becoming metastatic that there can be these questions of like, well, what, you know, where did I go wrong or what did I do wrong that made it come back instead of this is just a human body and, and cancer is a thing that can happen to any, any one of us at any point. Absolutely. Yes. And about the opportunity um, to kind of lean into, you know, what can, what can I learn from this and where can I use it to become the next iteration of myself? And so I wanted to ask you kind of what does a typical day look like for you in embodying, you know, a growth mindset? Could you kind of walk us through your regular day or maybe what your regular day was when you were actively in cancer treatment? Well, my day during cancer treatment with breast cancer, which was five years ago come April, was radically different than what it looks like now because I'm also a certified Spanish medical interpreter. And I was working at a well-known hospital in Nashville on staff during my cancer treatment. So I was going to get radiation and then coming back to a 10-hour workday on my feet doing Spanish medical interpreters, Spanish medical interpreting for doctors and patients. And it was crazy. <laughs> now that I think back, I'm like, wow, I was still working full days, taking two hours off for radiation. But when COVID happened, I um, made some really positive changes and I started to work from home as we all did. And I now work as a contractor, as a Spanish medical interpreter. And I decided I'm going to put my wellness business front and center, uh, my passion for integrative health as a certified health coach. And so I now work with clients all over the world virtually 
and I still do my Spanish interpreting work as a contractor, but I have a lot more flexibility in my lifestyle. Um, and a lot of that's not just for work, what I love to do work-wise, but it's also for self-care and prioritizing my self-care and really striving to have a work-life balance. So I'm making mm-hmm. sure that I have pleasure and relaxation and joy. And I love spending time in the outdoors. I love waterfall hikes. I do Tia meditation. Um, there are a lot of things I do for my well-being. Um, just being with friends and connecting with like-minded spirits like you and in, in this community gives me a lot of joy. So I definitely prioritize yeah. that. I really love that. And it's interesting what you just said about the long work days that you had while you were going through treatment. I was definitely one of those people in the in the chemo lounge with my laptop trying really hard to stay on deadline and, you know, battle through the the fatigue that comes with the Benadryl. And I'm always so impressed with people who kind of recognize a cancer diagnosis as being that opportunity to slow down. And I think um, even you, you know, you were going hardcore for a while there and then it kind of slowly, you felt that pull to have to slow down. I eventually, of course, had to slow down when it just, um, you know, we were, I was changed. It wasn't working anymore. And that in itself was an opportunity to make a shift and a change too. So I love hearing your, your story there. Um, I think the last thing I want to ask you is, you know, what um, what role maybe, and you can say it doesn't take a role, um, but what role writing maybe plays in your growth mindset or your healing mindset these days? I love writing. And first, I just want to say I love what you're offering to the community with Wildfire Magazine. It's just such a gift to the world. Um, writing for me has always been therapeutic, and it really kind of ignites my creative side Um, and I find that sometimes when we put pen on paper, it really helps us get in touch with the inner growth, with, you know, how we connect the dots of our story and how we grow from that. And so when I think about a growth mindset and what you asked me, writing just helps me find my inner voice of how I'm growing through this event where I might've had thoughts about it before, but they weren't crystal clear, but writing not only gets me in touch with my intuition and my creativity, but it kind of wakes up what I like to call as the inner healer, um, which I believe lives inside of all of us. And writing I've just found as an outlet for me to access my own inner healer. Mm. I really like what you just said, because I have also found that writing taps into an aspect of us that maybe we really only access in dreams. And for some reason, writing is a way that we can go in there versus, you know, we can talk very deeply, you and I here, but it's still not going to be able to go as deeply as we can when we go into writing. And having a tool like that to be a guide in terms of like where the questions lie or where the hurt lies or where maybe some empowerment is, is such a, it's such a resource. And so I love hearing that you're also using it, um, just regularly too. I love writing. Yeah. It's, it's definitely been a great, a great resource for me. And, um, I love that you use the word empowerment because I think we can also find a lot of empowerment through writing. Yes. And really taking ownership of our stories, you know, right. Like Mm -hmm. just putting voice to our story gives a lot of empowerment. 
It does. And and even just finding a voice or finding that you have permission to use your voice. And this kind of comes back to the inner child work, you know, especially if as a child you weren't allowed to or it wasn't safe for you to to speak up or say um, either the things that were hurting you or to have the confidence to say, you know, I'm good at this, or I like this, or I um, am proud of this. I know for a lot of this, you know, that wasn't, that wasn't really embraced in, in childhood. So writing is a way of re reparenting ourselves too, in that way. Definitely. Well, Anne, thank you so much for being here with me. I want to know where I can point people to find you online so they can learn more about your work. Yes. Thank you so much, April. So the best place to find me is on my website and it's integrativeradiance.com. So that's with an I-V-E, integrativeradiance.com. And my email address is there and it has my whole story and it has some information about the Breast Connection Prevention Plus uh, Healing Community that I co-founded with three other fabulous women. And um, people can also find me on LinkedIn. Um, I, uh, I have a profile on LinkedIn under Ann Farrier Crook. And I also have a wonderful newsletter that I put out every month. And so if you download the free ebook on my website, which is called the Surviving to Thriving After Breast Cancer, um, I'll be sure to include you in my monthly newsletter. Oh, I love all that. So we'll be sure to link to all the places where you guys listening can connect with Anne. Thank you again for being here with me, Anne. It's been wonderful to hear you in conversation as well as reading your story. Thank you, April. It's a joy to be here. So today's writer and guest was Anne Ferrier-Crook. Her piece was called Surviving to Thriving After Breast Cancer. You can find that in the 2022 issue of Wildfire called Identity and Aftermath. I'm April Stearns. You've been listening to The Burn. The Burn is a production of Wildfire Magazine where we share breast cancer stories from young women like you've never read or heard before. We also strive to inspire you to write your story like you've never written it before. Stay to the end for a writing prompt inspired by today's episode. Our producer is Bill Smith of Shoe Production, and our production assistant is Monica Haro. Want more on the life-changing transformation to be had from telling your breast cancer stories? Visit wildfirecommunity.org to find a copy of the issue shared in today's episode, to find our archives that are 40-plus issues deep at this point, and to take a writing workshop with me. There is no place on the planet like a wildfire writing workshop, and I want you to experience it for yourself. Discover how to write your way back to yourself, write your way to reclaiming your body and your story. And don't forget to subscribe to The Burn and listen to it wherever you go. All right, here is today's writing prompt. This is taken right from Anne's story. I want you to write a letter to your inner child. Anne calls hers sweetheart. You can decide what you call your inner child. And I want you to set your timer for eight minutes and write a letter to them. What do they need to hear from you? So write for eight minutes, write without stopping, write without editing, see what needs to come out and where it will take you. And if you want more writing prompts, head over to wildfirecommunity.org free. I have put together a few guided journals full of writing prompts just for you. That's wildfirecommunity.org free. Happy writing. Thanks for listening. Until next time, take good care.